1: Well, good morning, everyone. I'm your host, Al Fadi, and uh, you are listening to Let Us Reason. Hope you're having a wonderful week, and uh, hope you're going to have a uh, blessed uh, Saturday as well. Um, uh, we've been, myself and my guest, uh, Pastor Mark, for the last couple of weeks, uh, taking a tour through the book of Romans, specifically the first chapter of the book of Romans, and we've invested uh, quite a bit of time uh, talking really about uh, the message, uh, the introduction to the book, uh, the parts of this book, and uh, after that we began to invest a verse-by-verse, kind of like an exegesis, uh, in terms of trying to bring an appreciation about this letter that was written to the Church in Rome— by the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, of course, uh, we receive a message that is so powerful, dealing with pretty much uh, our salvation in terms of our need for righteousness of God, uh, our current state, sinful uh, sinful state, uh, contrast between uh, the work of God and the law, and then justification as a result of the work of Christ, as we will uh, basically excel in uh, our exegesis and then finally uh, it moves on to sanctification uh, but uh, today uh, we finished last time uh, Pastor Mark uh, I want to welcome you of course um, and uh, last time uh, as you uh, mentioned uh, you gave us an overview about verse 18 so would you like to le- uh, re- uh, basically elaborate on that?
2: Thanks I was great to be with you here again today um yeah, last time I think we we closed talking about something that verse 17 and verse 18 have in common. And that's the word revealed. In verse 17, it says that righteousness from God is being revealed or is revealed. And then in verse 18, we see that word again. Let's let's read the whole uh, verse here as our starting point. And this is a, a translation that Al and I have worked on and put together. Uh, it says, For wrath from God is revealed from heaven upon all impiety and unrighteousness of men, of the ones suppressing the truth in unrighteousness. So what we're finding now is that not only did God reveal righteousness and how we can become right with him again, what we find here is that wrath is being revealed from God, from heaven it says. So, We have wrath and we have righteousness. Now, I I think I know which side I would rather be on, Um, and and that's receiving the gospel message. That makes us right with God. But for the rest of the world, for everyone who's out there, it seems like this verse is saying that God's wrath is out there to be seen, is out there being revealed, made known to uh, all of humanity at the same time. That's... Kind of startling and surprising and a little scary, I would think.
1: So, Pastor Mark, you know, uh, I'm going to play the devil's advocate. Okay. You know, I'm going to say, okay, so um, if I am a sinful person and I am deprived of a really sound mind, how would I know that this wrath has been revealed already against me? Well—
2: yeah, Well, it's a great question because some might say, well, you know, I feel fine. And everybody I know seems to be doing fine. We don't seem to be experiencing wrath. You know, when we think of that word wrath, it sounds like, a, especially when you're thinking about the wrath that, that would be from God, that's a scary proposition. People say, well, I, I don't see it. And I think what we have to do to find how this wrath is being revealed is jump to verse 24. And what we find over there, Al, is it says, Therefore, by the lusts of their heart, God gave them over. His wrath is revealed in that because something has happened, and we'll cover that, uh, but because something has happened, the wrath is revealed in that God gives people over. In the lusts of their heart, he gives them over to immorality, Filthy vileness is really the meaning of that word, so that their bodies will be treated shamefully among themselves. The way we treat one another, the way we, um, the, the the way people live amongst one another, we live by the lusts of our heart, uh, and and people are very immoral, and that's how God's wrath is revealed. He basically gives us over.
1: And and what I want to, of course, is uh, clarify here um, that God doesn't just uh, pick on you and say, well, you know what? I don't like you. I'm going to give you over to immorality. It actually, Paul builds a case in verses 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, saying that you can really use this sinful nature card and say, I didn't know. But God is saying his invisible attributes and creation is visible to you, and he gives you multiple examples of how you ought to know better that there is God. And if there is God, then it goes without saying that this God either have to reveal his righteousness, justice, or wrath. That's the case that is being made here. And therefore, those signs that are given to us, and most likely, probably, uh, we will elaborate further on on our next part on this. But the, the Bible doesn't leave us hanging. God doesn't leave us wondering. He gives us plenty of signs to tell us, I exist, I'm here. Psalm 19 is an example of that. You have general revelation of God, you have special revelation that's the scripture. Here, Paul makes a powerful argument that just by looking at the general revelation, creation, you are already without excuse.
2: Well, let's cover that one on verse 19, Al. It says in verse 19, because the knowledge of God... So, again, his wrath is revealed against all impiety and unrighteousness of men because, verse 19, the knowledge of God... Is evident in them, for God made, it, made Himself evident to them.
1: Wow! And that's what I'm saying. Forensically speaking, if we're thinking about a uh, a courtroom kind of a setting, and that's pretty much what's going on here, that uh, as a prosecutor talking about the Lord, He has a strong case against me as a sinner. Exactly right. He
2: has made himself evident to every human being alive, and I would imagine a lot of people they say, "Well, you know, why would God be angry? I I don't know. If if God's there, I'm I'm not sure He's there. How come He doesn't show Himself? I I hear people talk this way at times. If God was really there, why does He allow evil in the world? People can say. People might ask the question, Why doesn't He show us? Why Why doesn't He do something? And This verse here is so so amazing because it says that the knowledge of God, the fact that he exists, his invisible attributes, um, we're going to see that in verse 20. All of these things about God, he himself has revealed these things, not to people in the past, but to us right now today. His wrath is revealed today because everything you need to know about God, you can know right
1: here and now. Absolutely, and it says that not only you would know about God, you would even know about his eternal nature. That is, his triune nature is also evidence in creation. And here's the other thing, you know, I, uh, I appreciate the fact that you brought up this, that some people will argue, why would God allow these things? Unfortunately, some of these people that also I hear the same argument uh, uh, from Uh, Most likely, at least the way they present it to me, as if they're doubting that God even exists. And yet they have a conscience that allow them to determine what is right and what is wrong. And guess what? Romans 2 addresses the very thing that within us there is a law that tells us what is right and what is wrong. And who implemented this inside of us? God also. So God exists whether we want to believe it or not. And Romans makes that argument that you can deny God all you want. There is plenty of evidence that God exists and plenty of evidence that we are sinful. Romans five twelve. A great example. In fact, one of those passages that opened my eyes when I was searching that all men die. And I ask myself, Who ever lived without dying? And that was something that uh, was an eye-opener for me. To me, that was clear evidence that the argument raised in Romans about the sinful nature and my need for a Savior was true. Because scientifically speaking, historically speaking, all people died. Even our Lord Jesus died, which indicate that He had to conquer death by going through this so that I may get life. Wow.
2: that's That's so true. You know, sometimes... Al, when, when um, believers, they they might talk to somebody um, and try sharing the gospel, and we feel that we have to prove God's existence. You know, this dates back to, uh, remember, learning about the scholastics and Thomas Aquinas and how they'd come up with these proofs for God's existence. And through uh, philosophy, they've come up with all these different proofs and ideas and logical arguments to sh- show that God is real, and God exists, um, but yet what i 'm really hearing from paul is i don 't need to prove that God exists to other people i 'm not saying we shouldn 't we can we can have those discussions they 're in a sense they 're really more intellectual than anything else what what this is saying is that you know everyone knows, and if you say that you don 't you're you 're just either not looking, listening seeing your mind is closed, I I think people can't deny the fact that God is real. And those who do, uh, I I don't think they can ever claim ignorance. In fact, by this verse, they can never claim ignorance before. God, I just didn't know you were there. Sorry. Sorry.
1: Absolutely. It isn't going to work. Absolutely. And by the way, I just want to direct everybody's attention. And and if, if you're uh, just tuned in, I'd like to welcome you to Let Us Reason. I'm your host, Al-Fadi. And uh, sitting with me here, Pastor Mark. And we've been going through uh, the first chapter of Romans. And today we are uh, starting uh, the next part of verse uh, chapter 1. We covered verses 1 to 17 up until last episode. And starting today, we're going to uh, be talking about verse 18, which talks about our sinful nature and our need for justification. Basically, um, one of the great, uh, basically, things in the Bible uh, is when you see the word for or therefore, either way. Uh, as you know, the saying goes: uh, uh, if you come across a therefore, find out what it is there for. You know, so so uh, Paul in verse fifteen says this. Thus he says, according to this, according to what. The fact that, uh, you know, he was sent. The fact that there is uh, people who need, basically, uh, to be saved. In verse 15, he says, Thus, according to this, I am eager, he says, to proclaim good news also to you who are in Rome. After talking about the Greeks and the barbarians. But then he gives the argument. Why he's eager? In verse 16, he's eager. Why? Because the gospel for... I am not ashamed regarding this news. That's the first reason. Second reason in 17, for in this gospel, there is the righteousness of God that is being revealed, basically. It's in the present tense. The righteousness of God continues to be revealed. It's not like it was revealed and that's it and you missed it. No, it's still available for you through this gospel. And then he moves on to verse 18, and gives another reason, for the wrath from God also is revealed. So he's given you plenty of evidence why he's eager to share this good news. (laughs) I love that.
2: I love that. I love Paul's heart that he was eager to tell people about Jesus and, and proclaim God's love and God's salvation and righteousness and judgment even. And Call call life the way it really is. God's wrath is out there, and people are experiencing it
1: as we speak. Absolutely. So um, I know we're going to talk about this uh, more in depth. Um, what uh, would you like to share with us just briefly about uh, this section that is sandwiched between verses eighteen and twenty four?
2: Well, he's going to. Paul wants to make it really, really clear why the wrath of God is deserving, why God wrath, why his wrath comes. It's not to punish unjustly or to because he's a mean and angry God. It's because there's something incredible that people are doing. The knowledge of God is evident to all because God has made it evident to all. Here's verse 20. It says, for the unseen of him, or the invisible attributes, some uh, translations say, the unseen things of God are clearly discerned to creation from the results of creating the universe. In other words, everything we need to know about God, we can see in what God has created around us. So even though he might be unseen or invisible, the fact that the universe, it speaks so loudly about his majesty, his glory, his holiness, his brilliance, his power. It it, it speaks volumes and volumes and volumes about God. And it says his, his eternal power and his deity in verse 20. And it says people are without excuse. They have no a reason to ever say God is not there. But not only do people not, not only do they say, no, there is no God, they go even further um, because though they knew God, look at verse 21, because though they knew God, they honored him not as God. See, God is not somebody who's a friend down the street or a neighbor across the way. God is The creator, the Lord, the majestic one who sits above the heavens. His glory is unimaginable. He dwells in unapproachable light. And people need to honor him as God. And yet, here we are, his image bearers, made in his likeness, living, made of dirt, if you will, and he cares so much for us. And yet, while he's revealed himself to us, our people, they... They don't want to honor him as God. It's like, oh, I don't need to worry about God. And so this truth that's evident to everyone about how majestic God is, they, they don't honor him. And, and listen, it says they don't honor him by giving thanks. Is, is that asking? That's not much to ask for from the being. God, thank you for, for all that you've done, for who you are, for making me, for, Lord, you're amazing. Thank you. Start with giving thanks, but it says they became worthless in their reasoning. So there's two things here: worthless reasoning, and then it says, and their foolish heart became darkened. Worthless reasonings and foolish hearts, darkened foolish hearts.
1: And you know the the, the amazing thing, uh, and thank you for sharing that Pastor Mark. and uh, once again, if you're tuning in, you're listening to "Let Us Reason. I'm your host al Fadi, and uh, with me here, Pastor Mark, we're talking about Romans one verses eighteen to twenty four. Just we're giving a summary overview right now. next week, uh, Lord willing. we will dig a little bit deeper into that. But one of the things that are really amazing about this is that in verse 20 it says, "For the unseen of God, his attributes." is seen, discerned by the universe. The unseen is seen, basically. And, and something interesting happens usually. Uh, I don't know if you've ever met uh, somebody who denies the existence of God, or at least they deny the fact that uh, some of their behaviors, which Romans 1 will talk about, are perfectly fine, and they get angry if you mention that the Word of God actually uh, admonishes your behavior, your lifestyle, or whatever you're doing. People get angry. And sometimes I wonder, why do you get angry if you deny God or his existence, or you deny the righteousness and the standards of God, unless you're being convicted by the fact that there is such a thing, and you just want to suppress it. And that's exactly what Roman is talking about. You always want to suppress the truth. Exactly.
2: And people, people will will say, well, it's you. That, you're, you're suppressing me or you're, you're the one who's condemning me. I, I feel this conviction because, because, brother, you're judging me and, and, and you shouldn't do that. But you know what? Whether we said a word to someone else or not, their conscience, their mind is what brings conviction upon him that's the work of the holy spirit we're told in scripture Amen. that Amen. he he is in the world to convict of sin and of righteousness and judgment and judgment which is the big one so so don't blame don't blame the believer or don't blame the person who says you know you really shouldn't do that uh, because you know you probably shouldn't do that. You need to, there is right and there is wrong. It's not a, uh, a what do you call it, a, a world of natural selection and nothing else really matters other than survival of the fittest. No, that's not the way God has made it. There's a right and there's a wrong, and we need to listen to him.
1: Amen, amen. And, um if you're tuning in, you're listening to Let Us Reason on KPXQ 1360. I'm your host, Al-Fadi, and we're talking about Romans 1, verses 18 to 24, and we're setting the stage for next week. But uh, my, really, uh, my desire, if you are a seeker, if you are an unbeliever, and especially to my Muslim people, um, we are not saved by works. We are saved by this righteousness, this grace that is given to us as this letter tells us in the Bible, uh, the book of Romans in the New Testament, um, my, my fear is that if you insist on denying God, that He will turn you over to your desires. If you want to deny God and His existence, God is not going to uh, pull you into heaven kicking and screaming. He's not in the business of forcing people to do anything, but He's in the business of seeking after you, he is a God that has a passion for people to be saved. He's the God who seeks to save the lost. It's, the ball is in your court. You can decide if you want to accept his invitation or not. I can assure you, you won't find anywhere in the entire Bible that God is actually begging you to just accept him. If you don't want to accept him, it's your loss. It's not his. It's pretty simple. And the ball is in your court. And my prayer is that you will consider at least examining what is this gospel that Paul is saying he's not ashamed of, that Paul is saying that it is the power of God for salvation.
2: Verse 21, Al, it says that um, for those who deny the truth or deny this knowledge that God has given about himself to basically everyone, it says that they become worthless in their reasonings. So the more we close our minds to truth, to to the reality that the, the world, there has to be a God. There's, this world didn't make itself, the universe, the cosmos. There has to be. That alone ought to cause people to wonder, to seek, to search out. But a closed mind, a closed heart, This verse ought to scare you. It says that you're going to become worthless in your reasonings. You're you're not going to be able to think it through. You're not going to be able to, to logically come up with five steps that prove God or anything else. Your mind's going to become worthless in its reasonings. That ought to scare people.
1: Absolutely. And uh, I don't know if you've been following the news uh, lately that they, they, um, uh, you know, scientists are uh, detecting some strong signals coming from out of space. And they're thinking it's an extraterrestrial civilization. And one of the scientists was asked, actually, in the news today. And um, uh, the the question was, you know, so do you believe they exist? And uh, his answer was, we believe something existed even before the creation of the universe. I thought that was a great answer indeed, something existed. That's the Lord, our uh, our Creator, of course. He's the one who's always been there. So um, let us just focus on what is the important thing for us right now, and that's the gospel of salvation. It's my invitation to you that not only you would examine this passage in Romans 1, verse uh, verses 16 to 18 at least— but uh, the whole uh, Bible and especially the Gospels and what the Lord has done for us so that we can earn this righteousness by His work, not by ours. If you're tuning in, you've been listening to Let Us Reason. I'm your host, Al-Fadi, and we've been talking about Romans 1. Next week, we'll continue our discussions at a deeper level on Romans chapter 1, verses 18-24 to 24, with my uh, dear brother and friend, Pastor Mark. Until we meet again, have a blessed week.